Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for another new episode of the Wealth of Geeks, Movies, Money, and More podcast. Welcome to the Wealth of Geeks, Movies, Money, and More podcast, where entertainment and finance collide. Join us as we bring together people each episode to debate the hottest topics in the world of entertainment and finance. So, whether you're a fan of Star Wars or side hustles, Marvel or money, this podcast has got you covered. And now, here's your host. I am your host, Sarah Gilliland, and today I have got two incredible women with me here to discuss a topic we have yet to broach on the Wealth of Geek, excuse me, Wealth of Geeks podcast. However, I think it's an important topic because it does have to do with wealth, and uh, it does have to do maybe with a little bit of a geeky topic. I don't know. Some people who are very obsessed with <laughs> brides and weddings and honeymoons and those sorts of things might be considered geeky because that's a passion, but Regardless of what you consider yourself, we are glad that you are here with us today. But first, I want to introduce our guest before I introduce the topic. Here with me today is Jessica Bishop, and Jessica is the best-selling author of, and founder of The Budget Savvy Bride, an extensive online resource to help couples plan a beautiful wedding on a budget they can actually afford. Jessica has shared her money-saving tips and planning advice with outlets such as The New York Times, The Washington Post, GMA, Brides, Refinery29, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Huffington Post, and more. Jessica is also the host of the Bouquet Toss Wedding Planning Podcast. Her book, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer, is the number one wedding planner on Amazon with over 200,000 copies sold. Incredible. Thank you, Jessica, for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk weddings with you, but before we do, we're going to introduce Tiffany if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know Tiffany Grant, but I'm going to introduce her for anyone who might be new. Tiffany is an accredited financial counselor, an award-winning personal finance blogger, a podcaster, a coach, and an educator. She has been featured on Yahoo Finance, CNBC, MSN, and Essence as an expert on side hustles, business, and money. Tiffany has helped many people become more in tune with their money by providing financial education in a down-to-earth and relatable format. Tiffany graduated with a Bachelor of Business Administration and Management from the University of North Carolina at Pembroke, and she has a Master's of Business Administration from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Tiffany also holds the SHRM-CP designation and a Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt which I'm sure all the financial people out there know exactly what that means. <laughs> Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sarah, again. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. It's definitely a pleasure to have you on. You're probably my most frequent guest at this point, but I'm very excited to have you. <laughs> yes, yes. And I hope I can get my um, wins up with this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, Jessica, Tiffany is very competitive. Oh. You know, on the podcast, we um, typically assign a winner and maybe not necessarily a loser, but just usually a winner of the debate. And uh, Tiffany is gunning for you. So just be prepared. Oh, gunning. Well, I'm a newbie, so I would say go easy on me. But, you know, it's well, I don't I don't know if she will just because, you know, <laughs> he's wanting to get her wins her win percentage up. But before we head down that road of debate, I got to introduce the topic so that everybody knows what we're talking about today. And I'm very excited because 
while we've talked about different financial topics, we've talked about geeky topics like Wolverine versus Iron Man, and we've definitely also talked about travel topics, which are a huge passion of mine. Today, we're going to talk about prenups because that is a finance, believe it or not, it's a financial topic that a lot of people don't realize they need to think about before they get married. And so, Jessica, since you are our uh, resident wedding planning expert, we would love to hear, or wedding planning tips expert, I guess is the best way to <laughs> say it. You don't actually plan weddings, but give people tips. Um, I would love to hear from you if you could tell, you know, maybe new people who don't know what a prenup is other than what they've seen, you know, on TV. What exactly is a prenuptial agreement? Yeah. So a prenup is kind of like shorthand for the longer term of prenuptial agreement. And it's basically just, you know, a legal document that, you know, a couple will create before they get married. Um, it's like a contract that basically outlines, you know, how they want to handle certain things if they do separate or divorce in the future. So that could include any number of things. A lot of it has to do with the finances and how things will get split. Um, but there are other things you can add in there too. And so, yeah, it's something you can only do before you get married. Um, that's why it's called a pre nup. Gotcha. Yeah. And I know we have kind of, we discussed this before we started recording today, but I definitely want to hear about post snaps because I didn't realize that was a thing. Um, you want to define a post snap for us? Yeah, so uh, uh, basically a post-nup would just be a similar contractor agreement that is drawn up after you are already married. And so, um, you know, if your circumstances change, if somebody starts a business or decides to go back to school and take on a bunch of debt that maybe the other spouse doesn't support, there's a number of different reasons you might want to do it. But um, yeah, it would be something that is done after you're already married. Okay, so people do have that option. It's not just prenup or nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So, Tiffany, you are obviously going to be our no prenup side <laughs> just because Jessica is our uh, wedding tips and planning expert. So she has taken the yes prenups and you say no prenups. So let me hear a little bit about why you think no prenups. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just start off with the elephant in the room, literally. Um, and, you know, bringing up that conversation, I feel is very unromantic. And, you know, when you're thinking about love and spending the rest of your life together, um, just coming up with, well, um, let's go ahead and sign this document. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. You know, that type of thing. I feel like it kind of adds a, a different dynamic into the relationship, um, potentially. Uh, you know, I guess it just depends on how it's messaged. But I feel like that could be a huge elephant in the room if you have that conversation ahead of time. And then um, just throughout the relationship, you know, that's in the back of your mind, like, well, they wouldn't have married me, you know, solely for the love had I not signed this document. So I think that would be like my first argument against prenups um, is that it could potentially change the dynamic. Jessica, do you have a response to that? Because, I mean, I'm a, kind of a romantic at heart, and I definitely, I feel for Tiffany at this po at this moment in our conversation because I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound very romantic to have a contract with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely agree with that sentiment. It's not a romantic topic. It's, it's almost like, you know, you think about the kind of end-of-life planning and, like, um, you know, funeral arrangements. Is it, like, morbid in that way? Um, you could kind of say the same thing about a prenup, but 
I do think that while it's not romantic, it's responsible and realistic. Um, if if I can say that um, th- these days, you know, they say, you know, up to 50 percent of first marriages end in divorce, second and third marriages, the percentages of divorces go up um, for each subsequent time you get married. And so um, it's kind of one of those things that while it might not be necessarily romantic, um, it is kind of a realistic thing to protect yourself in the event that things do go wrong. Um, and of course, we all, you know, I don't think anybody gets to the aisle and gets, you know, ready to say I do to their partner thinking that it will end. But, um, you know, in the case that it does, there's a lot of benefit to, to hashing things out ahead of time. Okay, so obviously we're talking prenups, you know, the importance of prenups if a marriage ends. But I'm just wondering, I don't know, like, you know, and like you said, nobody is thinking, going into this thinking, oh, I need to do this just in case it does end. So you're hoping it doesn't. But if it does, what what other than money can you protect or or? I don't know. Can you talk about like custody with children and prenups and all? I mean, like what other details cover are covered in a prenup? Yeah. I mean, I think you can add any number of different um, terms to it, you know, in in terms of like, you know, if you have kids um, and one person wants to stay home to raise them, like what sort of um, arrangements will be made where that's concerned, especially if one, you know, spouse is giving up their career in order to stay home and raise the family. Um, I think, you know, traditionally for a long time, like that was the the female, you know, the woman in the relationship. And, um, you know, in the event of divorce, if someone has put their career aside for quite a long time and then has to be, you know, on their own um, after the marriage ends, you know, that that could be, you know, detrimental to their financial future um, if they haven't put these protections in place ahead of time. And so um, there there are a number of different things you can include. Um within the document, such as, you know, the custody of the children, like marital responsibilities, um, you know, sort of like defining like your roles and responsibilities within the household, even. Um, I I think it's funny, but I I almost liken it to, you know, that episode of like the Big Bang Theory, (laughs) where Sheldon has like the roommate agreement or whatever. Um, (laughs) I think there's a lot of cases where, you know, marriages can end over any number of different reasons, but establishing expectations and agreeing to them and writing ahead of time could potentially save you a lot of issues in the marriage that could save it from ending in the first place. And you might not even need the prenup. Um, so you could almost look at it as, you know, an, an, a partnership agreement rather than a prenuptial, you know, in case we get divorced agreement. Okay. That's fair, but I get it. Tiffany, I know you're you're itching to respond. <laughs> you know, it sounds great. It sounds fantastic. Um, but the only thing is it's expensive. Like since we're talking about money, right? Um, let's talk about money. Uh, because we're, we're lawyers about, are not cheap. <laughs> right. Uh, trust me. <laughs> but they are not. And so, um, you know, as we're thinking about couples that are, let's say, maybe engaged or have been engaged for a while, I know there's people that's been engaged for years. Um, and so let's just think about those people, right? And so now they have to pay for the wedding, you know, wedding planner, venue, all that, but, you know, stuff, however big they decide to do it. 
And then we're adding another expense on top of that. Um, and so, you know, if this couple doesn't really have much, you know, and it, this document, I don't know how much it costs, but, you know, let's just say it's more than what they even have. You know, is it even worth it going through this whole process? Yeah. Hey, Jessica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, so I was actually like looking up stats because I was curious, you know, like what uh, is the average? He just is bringing the stats. Uh oh. You <laughs> know. Um. So if you go the traditional route, from what I have read, um, the uh the average couple could spend, you know, um, on divorce up to you know five fifty five hundred dollars uncontested divorce that's if you guys are like in a good spot um and and you still get you still get lawyers involved and it's uncontested you're still gonna have to pay around that much but like if you have to go to litigation and arguments in court uh that can add up exponentially they're saying you know up to thirty thousand dollars and so that could be a lot more expensive on the back end um, if you don't hash it out ahead of time. And um, though, uh, you know, it, it really depends state by state and the lawyers, you know, and the legal um, costs in your state, obviously. But um, there are low cost alternatives to getting a prenuptial agreement drafted um, for an affordable price. Uh, actually at the budget savvy bride, we work with an amazing, uh, company called hello prenup and they're an online platform that serves, I think 30 different States in the U S so it's not everywhere yet, but, um, it is valid for creating prenuptial agreements in 30 different States in the U S and you can do it all online for $600 and it, walks you through like all the questions and considerations that you need to ask and um and discuss and it really provides like a great like um structure to the conversation where it doesn't feel like combative it's more so about communicating and about those expectations which i think is super cool um and actually um you know for anybody who might be interested in checking it out like our our site we have a, a discount code for uh, anybody who might want to pursue that um, with Hello Prenup, on, and our our code is Budget Savvy Bride, and you can save fifty dollars off the cost. So I think it's five forty nine versus five ninety nine um, to do that. Hey, that's a that's a decent savings, and uh, you know, in this day and time, uh, with inflation and things the way that they are, savings is savings. So I won't knock that. Thank you for sharing that with our <laughs> listeners. Tiffany, so I see you over there. Your wheels are turning. What are you thinking about all this? Because she, I mean, she, you said it was expensive and then Jessica brought up an affordable option. So what, yeah. do you have a response for her? Honestly, my wheels are turning on how great she brought up the data. And <laughs> because I mean, you know, looking at the data, looking at the numbers, it makes you know, it makes sense to me to go ahead and spend the five fifty with her code uh, versus potentially thirty thousand. Um, you know, to undo everything. So um, she makes a very, very good point. Um, I, I honestly do not have an argument against that one. No, okay. Well, then tell me a little bit about your personal experience with prenups. Like, if you've ever been in one, or or wished you had one, or know anybody 
that you can share about their experience with premium? Yeah, so this may hurt my chances of winning today, but I <laughs> but um, you know, to jump with this point, as someone that's going currently through a divorce, um, where you know we actually have our mediation come July, um, it's been very expensive and it's been a long, drawn out process. And honestly, I wish I had a prenup um, before I walked into that. Uh, but you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and so, you know, unfortunately, I learned my lesson the hard way. But that doesn't mean that the audience has to, too. So I'm glad that Jessica brought up the option of, you know, the low-cost version. Because, for instance, in my case, we got married during COVID. And so our wedding was over Zoom. And we only had a few people, you know, that came over. And so we spent maybe like $150, you know, just on food. And so um, just thinking about that and I'm like, well, a whole prenup, getting it drafted, all that stuff, you know, it costs way more than the wedding. But now that I'm in the process of undoing everything, um, I'm right at that like $5,500 mark that Jessica just said. So I have to agree with Jessica I know. <laughs> with, in that respect, that's in my, you know, from your personal experience. And I, I think that's valuable because, you know, we're we're just, I, I'm kind of, so to be fair to you, Tiffany, I am like, before we started this conversation, I'm a hopeless romantic. And so the idea of a prenup sounds like, this just sounds horrible to me because it sounds like you don't trust the other person. And so Jessica is teaching me that it's not necessarily about that. And Jessica, do you have any personal experience like Tiffany, maybe one way or the other? Yeah, so I am actually also divorced, um, but I also did not have a prenup prior to, um, you know, deciding to get divorced. And though my marriage, uh, the end of my marriage was um, amicable and, and not contentious, and we were able to hash things out between ourselves, we actually did a DIY divorce in the state of New York, so we didn't even hire attorneys at all. Um, you know, I feel really lucky in that regard. I know that is not a typical situation for, for most people who end up going through a divorce. And so I, you know, there, there, it could have, it could have been a lot more contentious because I did start a business. Um, eventually I became kind of like the breadwinner in the household, you know, though he never worked in my business at all, you know, some people, you know, uh, in our lives would have argued, you know, that he should be entitled to a portion of my business because it started while we were married. Um, on the other side of the coin, you know, I didn't have traditional retirement accounts set up and he worked a traditional job. And so he has retirement accounts that I don't have. And so, you know, some people on the other side could have argued that I needed to take some of his retirement accounts, you know, but we just decided to, you know, keep what was ours and just part ways and split whatever savings we had evenly. And so it was honestly like, I feel very lucky in that regard, but I know that's not everyone's experience. Um, and so with that in mind, like I just, I feel like I would recommend it to anyone at this point to have some sort of agreement in place because to Tiffany's point, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Um, no one can predict the future and um, not to be a cynic or anything like that. But, um, 
you know, I think it's almost like an insurance policy, you know, it's uh, a, an important thing to note. Um, a point that I'd like to make is that, you know, if you don't decide the terms of what would happen in case of a split, uh, your state can actually decide for you the state in which you reside. Wait, wait what? <laughs> yeah. So state laws on divorce and what's considered, um, I think, marital or community property uh, varies state by state. And so depending on the state in which you live, that state's laws could apply if you don't have an existing prenuptial agreement in place. And so, you know, there are states where it's really cut and dry, like you split everything evenly. There are others where it's it's different. And so, you know, you really have to be careful and like look at the laws in your particular state as well. You never know if you'll move, you know, like I got married in the state of Tennessee, but I ended up moving to New York, which is where I got divorced. And so the laws in those two places are different. There's a lot of different things to consider and you don't know what the future can hold. And so, again, I think looking at it as like a tool to communicate about your expectations in your relationship and also serve as like an insurance policy should things go wrong is is kind of like a the most positive way to look at it in in that regard. So, Tiffany, I'm going to give you a chance to, <clears throat> excuse me, respond to that because uh, that's kind of a point in Jessica's favor. I had no idea that if you don't make certain decisions in certain states, they can decide things for you. Yikes. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, it's similar to like estate planning. Um, you know, if you don't have the wills and things in place, um, you're not telling everybody what to do, then the state steps it and you go through probate and everything. So it's definitely similar um, and it makes a good quarrel for prenups. Um, and so um, as far as the response, though, keep this interesting because I know the audience is probably like, well, Tiffany, why did you even get on it? <laughs> um, so when you're thinking about it, though, um, when it comes to prenups and it comes to, you know, having the state step in, there are other options like that you could implement instead of a prenup um, that could help, you know, kind of divvy things out. So to give you an example, right? Um, like Jessica was saying, thinking about the money, thinking about the kids, you know, things like that. There are other types of agreements that you can put in place. Like for instance, a custody agreement, um, that can take care of the kid's situation. And so, you know, although prenups can get it ahead of time, even if it's too late, you know, there are some things that you can do after the fact. And if you have someone, I'm not going to say as awesome, but if you have a situation like Jessica, where it's amicable, you know, then you can kind of hash out those other agreements on your own as well. So I don't know. I mean, she makes really good points and I do kind of agree, but now I'm just trying to pull things out of the sky to disagree with because <laughs> I don't want to lose. So um, so, yeah. <laughs> so cutthroat, Tiffany, goodness. Uh, so Jessica, I want to hear a little bit about the post-nup. We kind of mentioned what it was. Um, and so Tiffany's kind of touched on that a little bit because, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, you know, like custody things and, and maybe other agreements can come after you get married. But what does a post-nup cover all those things? And, and what do people use post-nups for? Is it the same thing that you use a prenup for? Yeah, I think like more often post-ups are, you know, if you kind of have a change in your circumstances, right? Like, like I was saying, if somebody decides to go back to school, they need to take out a lot of 
loans to pay for that or if they decide to start a business or maybe one person like gets a huge inheritance and wants to make sure that that is only theirs. There's an, a number of different reasons that people could want to do it. I do feel like once you're already married, like that conversation would be a bit more awkward to have once you're already married. So defining it ahead of time, like seems like the better idea to me. But, um, you know, there are any number of reasons why a couple might want to do it um, just to like protect the other spouse from any debt that that person incurs or, um, you know, there's even stuff about like, you know, inheriting property from like family members, all sorts of different things. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling now, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's, I mean, go ahead, Tiffany. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because Jessica brought up the point that I was going to make against the publishing up. And that is, you know, speaking of the awkwardness of the prenup, could you imagine like going to someone you're already here? <laughs> We're already married and you're like, you know, by the way, um, I'm thinking that we should have this document in place and things don't work out. Um, I, it just would be super awkward, I feel. And don't get me wrong, there's probably a, a good way to have that conversation. But I can just imagine just me being on the other side if I wasn't asking for it. Like, we're already married. And I've, even though I haven't helped you directly, I've kind of helped, you know, whether it's I don't know if you have kids taking care of the kids while you start this business or what have you. Uh, and so I would be like, well, I think I should still get something. So I feel like that would make it very, very awkward. Um, that's a, that's a fair point. I was just thinking to myself, like, that's super awkward. But I was also, as you guys have been discussing and, and talking about your personal stories, you know, I feel like a lot of times prenups are... They don't protect or maybe they do protect the women in the relationship because like Jessica, you brought up the good point that, you know, <clears throat> I mean, really not even more than 50 or 60 years ago, it was it was expected of us women to be the full time caretakers of the kids and give up any sort of career aspirations because that was what was expected. And now society is so different. And I feel like a prenup helps protect us at this point. Um you know, if you come into a relationship and you are the breadwinner or you do want to define how you divvy up childcare and whatnot. So um, what do you see? Do you see I mean, I guess on your uh, website, Budget Savvy Bride, do you have people that have a lot of questions about that? Questions about sorry about. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was a long, drawn out way of <laughs> questions about like um you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like women maybe don't have as maybe there's some barriers to understanding what a prenup is for and w how it can benefit both parties, I guess. So, like, what is what are some of the big questions that people ask about about prenups? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I think there's a lot of just common misconceptions about them. You know, for one, that they're expensive, that they're only for people who are really wealthy and have a lot of assets to protect um you know that um uh sorry i'm i lost my train of thought um man i i don't know where my brain just went um and and so i think i 
how how can I start over? You were saying that yeah, it's expensive and it's for people who are wealthy. Right. And so, you know, I think the biggest questions are, you know, around cost and around like, is there a point in me getting a prenup if I'm not already wealthy and have all these assets to protect? And I think, um, you know, A, there are affordable options out there. Um, like I mentioned, Hello Prenup is a great platform. It was created by two women who, um, you know, one is a, te- a techie person and the other is a- an attorney, a family law attorney. And so um, she was doing a lot of divorce cases and saw uh, so many women who were kind of, um, you know, got the short end of the stick in a divorce, essentially, especially when they have, you know, given up their careers uh, to stay home and raise a family. And then, you know, in the event of divorce, they're having to reenter the workforce. They don't have, you know, maybe they live in a, in a state that doesn't divide the assets equally, you know, whatever the case was. And, and their, their husband had more resources to fight this legal battle against them. And so, you know, that's kind of the place that was, that this platform was born out of. And so I think it's so great that it's made it so much more affordable and accessible to more people. And it's not just something that should be reserved for only wealthy people, because as we know, people in all sorts of economic statuses get divorced. Um, And so every, everyone needs that protection on both sides, not just, not just women. And so, you know, I would say like the cost and then also, you know, the fact that you don't have to have a lot of assets to protect um, to have real world benefits from putting this in place before you get married in case you get divorced in the future. Okay. That's a valid point, Tiffany. So to add on to Jessica's point, um, to your question, Sarah, I feel like more women having more assets now and like even in my case for instance I was the one that had a lot of like I had my own house my car was already paid off I had all my debt paid off except for student loans and so I had a lot going for me going into the situation and the other party didn't have a lot of that and so I feel like in my situation or situations like mine um, you know, as an entrepreneur, having my own business and having all of those things in place already prior to stepping into. So to add on to Jessica's point, you know, to answer kind of your question too, Sarah, I feel like as women now, we have more going for ourselves, you know, than back then, you know, back in the olden days. Um, you know, but yes. Um, but I feel like we have more. So like, for instance, in my situation, I had the house already. I had the car. I had the debt paid off, except for the student loan. Um, I had all this stuff going for me. I was a full-time entrepreneur already. And so going into that situation, I had way more than the other party um, had. And I would have benefited tremendously um, now that I'm going through this whole divorce process. And realizing that a lot of the stuff that I already had in place, I may have to split up, um, you know, I would have really benefited from a prenuptial agreement and, you know, being the hopeless romantic, I'm also a Pisces and, you know, we're very, you know, but, um, um, you know, being like that, I never saw this coming, you know, I was like, oh, you know, 
can be awesome. We can build together, so on and so forth, which we did. We started the business after we got married as well. But it's like now I'm like, OMG, what did I walk into? So to Jessica's point, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And to have that in place, I feel like would give me a lot of peace of mind. So not to backtrack on my stance, but <laughs> but I feel like, you know, in my next situation, I'll probably definitely have a prenup. And even if we live together before we get married, even a cohabitation agreement, like, I think I'm going to even go that far, honestly. Um, and then maybe just roll that. But anyway, um, that, that was, that's just my thing. <laughs> well, I think those are important things to bring up because like you were saying, Tiffany, like one of your points was, well, if you don't want to do a full prenup, you can do other sorts of agreements later on. But then to Jessica's side and really to yours, because you, you both said like how awkward to have that conversation with someone after you've already said I do and you've made all these flowery promises about feelings. <laughs> so that's so, the part. <laughs> yes, exactly. It can, well, and it can just get, you know, life can get messy. So, I mean, I get it. Um, Jessica, I wanted to ask you, because we talked a little bit about, um, you know, people who have wealth, like we've heard of celebrities and millionaires having prenups, but you said, you know, everyday people can benefit. Like, why does an everyday person need to do it if they don't have a lot of money or, or are famous, I guess, or, or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many circumstances where if in the event of divorce, like it just benefits you to set the terms of how things will be divided versus relying upon, say, the laws of your state. Right. Um, and because you can't really predict the future the person you're separating from. Right. Cause right. I mean, you know. well, that's a that's a great point, actually, because if you are able to have these conversations about expectations and boundaries and sort of like what what you both anticipate or, or hope for your goals for the future finances all of that stuff while you're actually in love and while you like each other and you're like preparing to enter into this marriage versus maybe once things have gone south or there's been some big catastrophe you know and you're fighting each other and trying to hash it out from that place of anger or hurt or bitter or resentment or whatever the case might become, you know, it's just, I think, going to be a lot more productive conversation to have when you're both in a good place versus when it gets to an ugly place. Okay, that's true, Tiff. What you got? And she... <laughs> she took away one of my arguments, which would um, because I was going to say, you know, we get along great. You know, we were best friends before, you know, why would we need this document? But like you said, to your point, it can go south very, very quickly. Um, and it's better to hash it out while you're in a good place than when, you know, it has hit the fan. So, uh, unfortunately, I do not have a comeback. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. It ends my heart, but. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But, you know. Uh, for the lovebirds out there, Tiff, I do want to um, give you a chance to say anything else that you might want to say as far as like, oh, it's okay if you don't do a prenup. <laughs> okay, let me take off my divorcee hat. And <laughs> my, but on my your rose-colored glasses. <laughs> um, but no, for real, like, love 
it's awesome, you know, when you find the right person. And I can understand not wanting to tarnish that, you know, when you found the right person, having this conversation, you know, you might be thinking, well, oh, that's going to like change this whole dynamic to my first point, right? And so um, to the lovebirds out there, keep believing in love. You know, if you feel like your situation, especially if you're already married, um, I don't know if I would have this conversation, but um, if you feel like this is not going to be beneficial for you, which honestly, it's probably a small handful <laughs> um, at this point after Jessica's point. But, um, you know, if you don't feel like this would be you and you are like oh this is love it'll last forever and this is fine then you boo um you know we're only here to give me some ideas or things to think about Mm -hmm. and I would say don't feel pressured to do it if you feel like your situation doesn't call for it but with Jessica's great arguments um (laughs) I would say that it would probably be a small portion of people that I think that's very valid, Tiff. I mean, I think, you know, and thankfully you brought up some good points too about the fact that there are some things that people can do after. I mean, you both did actually, because Jessica talked about a a post-nup that, you know, before there's usually writing on the wall, I guess, so to speak, when it comes to um, things coming to an end and you can still protect yourself. So it's not like you are leaving yourself fully unprotected. But Jess, would you like to have any last words on why it's good to pre-protect? Or why it's not good. Yeah, or that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you want to support Tiff at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can definitely relate to, you know, the the doubts and the fears, you know, of anybody who's in that position thinking that, you know, sitting down and discussing a prenup is like a self-fulfilling prophecy of an eventual divorce right like you don't want to like jinx it right Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like the energy I think behind a lot of it um but as I mentioned I don't think anybody goes into a marriage expecting it to to not work out I know I can say when I got married I was like divorce is not even in my vocabulary that word doesn't exist um and then 10 years later I found myself divorced so you know, I think you just, you can do what you want to do at the end of the day um, and make the decision that feels best for you. I think for anything in life, like you have to listen to yourself, like like listen to your gut about it. Um, but when it comes to like ensuring your own, you know, financial future and things like that, like being in control of that is like one of the only insurance policies that you'll have. And so for that reason, I'm I'm still pro. And, you know, should I head down the aisle again at some point in the future? I think a prenup will definitely be added to my wedding budget. (laughs) Well, and you've both, you know, discussed that you've said, you know, you've learned from past relationships that you want to do it differently going forward. Do either of you and you can both respond. um, Do you feel that? having any sort of conversation about prenuptial agreements now is awkward or are you guys like no we've been through you know tiffany especially you maybe you can start like you've been through the ringer with this one that you're currently having to deal with like you're not going to do this again unless you have it 
Yeah. So honestly, like when this all first broke out, I was like, you know what? I'm not getting married ever again. Like I'm going to be one of those aunties that's like, oh, this is my friend, such and such. Um, <laughs> and nobody ever had the title, right? But, you know, that's unrealistic, honestly. And especially, you know, since I'm such the lovey-dovey person that I am. And so now I feel like after going through my situation, it would make me feel way better um, having this conversation ahead of time. You know, like I said, the cohabitation agreement, you know, rolling into a prenup, um, because then I'm not in the back of my mind, like, oh my gosh, is this person only with me for, you know, what I have or my buddy or what have you. Now we've already set that precedent, you know, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And so now I don't have that in the back of my mind anymore. So now I can look past that part to get to the other parts of the situation, um, you know, that would be more let me Debbie. And so I feel like just from my perspective, having these things in place would be helpful in my next relationship because I'm not constantly thinking about, um, you know, all of this trauma that I've been going through uh, <laughs> with this this situation. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, it would ease my mind yeah. going to the next one. Okay. Jessica, what about you? I mean, obviously you run a um, budget savvy bride. And so you talk a lot about weddings, wedding planning, wedding tips. So you obviously believe in love too, <laughs> or you would that wouldn't be your main job. <laughs> But what, what have you, um, what's your experience or I'm not experienced because we've already talked about that. What is your feeling about going forward with prenup? Do you feel like that's a deal breaker for you in a relationship? If you, if the person you're um, with wants to get married? Not at all. I think, you know, a prenup can basically serve as like a really great tool for communication and discussing like the really important aspects of your relationship, your marriage, your partnership. You know, at the end of the day, like if if marriage wasn't also like a governmental contract, you know, like we're we're filing, we're registering with the government. It's like ta our taxes are tied to it. We're taxed differently when we're married. You know, it's it's the you know, it's not just between us kind of at the end of the day, like Uncle Sam's involved, too. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I think being able to decide those terms for yourselves and use it as kind of a vehicle to, you know, discuss your expectations and make sure that everyone's needs are being met and that you're all on the same page about everything heading into the marriage, I think is important, just as important as, you know, doing like premarital counseling and things like that. So, um, yeah, I definitely don't see it as a deal breaker. If anything, I see it as like someone taking uh, the agreement and the relationship we're entering into like more seriously. Um, so, yeah. And honestly, just to Jessica's point real quick, um, I just wanted to add like, you can be in love without the piece of paper, right? And so the piece of paper is really, to Jessica's point, kind of makes it like a business arrangement in my my point of view. And so you wouldn't go into a partnership without an operating agreement. So now that's how I'm thinking about, you know, just putting my business background into play. I'm thinking about marriage now. It's more like a business transaction because we're going to be in love anyway, regardless if we have it or not. The marriage part is just so we can get the benefits of being married in the eyes of the government. And so looking at it as that, 
you wouldn't enter into business with someone without an operating agreement. And it kind of does the exact same thing. And so for me, that's how I look at it now. And that's probably how I would explain it to whoever I decide to be with going forward. It's like, look, you know, we will be in love, but this is, you know, once we cross that threshold into the legal side, um, we kind of have to protect ourselves um, in that situation. So, anywho, I just wanted to add that perspective as well. I, you guys have made really valid points because, Tiffany, I'm like you, and I've, I believe in love and all that kind of stuff. And I have two girls that I'm raising and, you know, want them to believe in love and find their prince charming and live happily ever after. But, you know, it is, it's 2023 and they're 12 right now. So we've got some time to go. <laughs> it is, we're in the modern age, you know, like women, the roles of women are different in the U.S. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about other countries all over the world because that's a whole nother bag of, of, of things. But, um, you know, with things have changed a lot. And I think, you know, more things are more, uh, more, more, not things, but more uh, activities in the home, more expectations are different and are divided more evenly these days. And that's great when you're in love. And then what happens if you're not anymore and you decide to part ways? Like, what, you know, how does that become your new normal if you don't have some sort of legal agreement in place? So, okay. And I like saying real quick to that point, let's not forget the dads that have these roles too. Like protect yourself guys as well. Yeah. Well, and I now they're staying at home. Dads. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking about earlier when we were having our discussion about like women being able to be protected when, you know, if your spouse leaves you or whatever and you're divorced, but now you're like taking care of the kids or whatever it is, but you have to now go back into the workforce after you haven't been there for a while, obviously you're going to need some financial assistance. And I always laughed whenever I saw, you know, celebrities or whatever and their partners wanting like spousal support, but I kind of get it. It makes sense. And I guess, is that something, Jessica, that you can put in a prenup? Yeah, absolutely. Um, alimony or spousal support, you know, especially if someone does step away from work and the other partner is the primary breadwinner and mm -hmm. that you know spouse get gets used to a certain like lifestyle and supporting that lifestyle um you know making sure that that can still continue after after the divorce um you know is something that could definitely be included in yeah. a prenup okay of course i am not a lawyer this is you know, not legal advice i'm also not a financial expert like this is just you know what i've learned from reading and talking to experts like the people at hello prenup which i definitely recommend anyone like go check out their website we also on budget savvy bride have a few really great articles about um about prenuptial agreement um which i'm happy to like send you the links if you want to include them in the show notes or whatever oh, absolutely but, yeah we'll put those in the show notes and tiff if you've got any financial articles that have to deal with you know shared assets and things like that let me know, and we'll, we'll include those in our show notes for all of our listeners. Um, but, all right, we've come to the conclusion of our episode, and I have to decide a winner. And I really don't want to, Tiff, to be fair. I'm a hopeless romantic, and the idea of, you know, having a legal document sounds so boring and not romantic at all. So just know that I'm in your corner in that regard. 
However, in that regard, you kind of argued a little too much for Jessica. And so the <laughs> two of you together kind of made me realize in 2023, it might be something to look into to either get a prenup or at the very least have some sort of cohabitation. Tiffany, like you said, I didn't even know stuff like that existed. So thank you for educating me on those. But I'm going to have to give this one to Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I concede with the happy heart. I was going to say, I think I think you're not as sad about this loss as as you might be about others. But we'll have you back. We'll we'll increase your win streak with the hindsight as 2020, right? Like, yeah, you know. And I'm glad that we had this conversation because you know, to people that are listening that haven't gone through this whole process, or you know, maybe haven't even gotten married or anything yet, just letting them know what the options are. Yeah, I think is super saving this episode for future. Yeah, and just destigmatizing it a bit. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be contentious. It can be, like I said, a vehicle for open communication and strengthening your relationship by getting clear on what your expectations are for your lives. So very true. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for being on <laughs> this episode of the Wealth of Geeks podcast. Jessica, remind everybody where they can find you besides the budgetsavvybride.com. Yes. Um, so you said the website. We're also um, everywhere you can follow on social media, basically. Um, Instagram at Budget Savvy Bride, Twitter, Savvy Bride, Pinterest, TikTok, all the places, Facebook. Code <laughs> um, for Hello Prenup. Yes, the discount code for Hello Prenup is Budget Savvy Bride, and it'll save you $50 off your prenup um, on their platform. So definitely recommend that. And then also um, for, for added listening, I would say we interviewed the founders of Hello Prenup on our podcast, The Bouquet Toss, and that episode is definitely worth a listen. If you want to hear like legit, you know, professionals like talk more about this topic. Yeah, um, I definitely recommend that. It was a great, great episode. Wonderful. Thank you. And Tiff, remind everybody where they can find you. Well, first of all, hello, prenup, because I'll be checking that out. Um, <laughs> but you can find me at uh, moneytalkwithtea.com. The podcast is Money Talk with Tiff. And on social at Money Talk with Tea, literally everywhere. It's slightly an addiction. So wherever you are, I am. And it's yeah, and don't forget to check out these two ladies' wonderful podcasts about their specific topics. Tiffany's got all your financial info that you could possibly want or need. And Jessica has all the info you may or may not need about planning a wedding or things you may not have known. I wish your podcast would have existed when I got married because I probably would have learned so much more beforehand. But <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that. <laughs> But thank you so much for both having resources for um, fellow entrepreneurs and fellow uh, budget conscious people to listen and read. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Wealth of Geeks, Movies, Money and More podcast. Until next time. Bye, everyone. That's a wrap. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Wealth of Geeks podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We have a ton of incredible content coming your way that you're not going to want to miss. Until, Until then, then, stay geeky. geeky.